So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Can I tell you a little tidbit about Luke? Do. Um, it's not really, not really about Luke, but when I was in fifth grade, the, the eighth grades came in and we were writing their yearbook and I said, good Luke rather than good luck. Oh, <laughs> to everyone? <laughs> to everyone, yeah. Oh. And the eighth graders made fun of me. Oh, Stephen. Yeah. So I hate Luke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you just hate eighth graders. Well, probably a combination. If you're going to hate, I mean, put your hate in a in a, good, a fruitful place, <laughs> right? Welcome to another episode of MQA Sunday with Margo and Steve. Today we're discussing Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 28 and 34 to 36. Take a seat around our kitchen table and join the conversation. If you're a regular viewer of this webcast, Mm. you may be noticing something a little different. Yeah. Right? Which is that we're going all over. (laughs) No, not yet. No, and wouldn't that be ironic if I had gotten it done? Because right. here we are, not video. Not right. So, um, no, we're going old school. We're going podcast audio version only mm-hmm. because that's what the people demand. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we looked at our numbers and, you know, we had just celebrated 20 episodes with Shane last week. And that's right. We looked at our numbers and saw that more people were listening rather than watching. Mm-hmm. So, we're just going to put our efforts where the people want, which is audio. That's so, right. Give the people what they want. Yeah. And then that allowed us to do more things, other things. Because right. Because the video was taking some time. So. Like not dress up for work anymore right right and in our makeup bill i mean to get oh us my gosh, looking the good savings with savings yes. yeah yeah we yeah. can like put a kid through college <laughs> not that we're going to but <laughs> no just kidding we never had a makeup <laughs> you didn't <laughs> another thing that's changing too with mqra sunday is that we are going to debut this on wednesdays yeah so that people can listen to it as they prepare for the sunday right possible too so still called mqra sunday because it's about sunday yep but that makes gonna, perfect sense yeah it's going to help our li- listeners now mm-hmm. only right figure uh prepare for mass so that'd yeah. be nice yeah i love that and we you know we have beta groups meeting all throughout the week so it's nice too for them maybe to connect and listen in and see uh but still what this is mm-hmm. is a conversation like you said in your intro a kitchen table conversation around the sunday gospel right and we use our beta lesson which is our small group sort of structure that we give Away for free. Anyone in the parish yeah. or beyond can use it as just a sort of a, a thing to hang your conversation on. You can get together with a friend or 10 friends and have this conversation every week. We put it all out there on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can just sit in your car and listen to us do it. Right. We'll do it for you. Yeah. And that's what we're about to do. And this is our first time we're doing just audio. Right. But also it's a first in our church. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, it's yes. Happy, it's the first Sunday of Advent. Right, which means it's the first Sunday of the liturgical calendar. That is correct, Stephen. <laughs> and we've said goodbye to the Gospel of Mark. See you later. Bye, Mark. Yeah. We'll miss you. We'll see you in three years. See you in three years. And this, uh, starting this week, we embark on a journey with the Gospel of Luke. Luke. Yeah. That's great. I'm excited to to dive into Luke to see what it's all about. Oh my gosh, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh Always we do our icebreaker question yes. first. And this 
week, the icebreaker is tell us something you're looking forward to. And the first thing you do to get ready for Christmas every year. I'm looking forward to my parents moving back. So my parents had a little fire Mm -hmm. last December in their apartment. They live above me and uh, they're moving back this weekend. And so I'm excited for them to be back. So I'm excited for the whole season. Thanksgiving, Uh them being back, Christmas. Yeah. It's going to be good to see family. And the first thing I prepare for Christmas is play Christmas music. I think mm-hmm. uh, November 1st. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christmas all day kind of person. Are so, you? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I love Christmas mm-hmm. and it's joyful. So why not start being joyful earlier? Right. I'm okay with that. Right. So. Okay. That's fine. No judgment yeah, here. What do you You're do? all right. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward. To, we're recording this before Thanksgiving. Mm. I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I'm going to Maine to be with my family. Right. And staying at my sister's house, which I've mentioned Multiple in times. this yeah. conversation before, that it is the most welcoming place. There right, would with be snacks. Yes, lots yeah. of snacks, lots of lazing around, and that's I'm looking forward to that. They know it. They like prepare for. They, I don't uh, even think they have to. They just always have snacks and stuff. That's how they are. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting, and they have a dog, so I'll be hanging out with the dog. Gosh, snacks and dogs. All the good things. And the first thing I do for Christmas every year is to make a gift list. Start thinking about gift shopping. For yourself? No. Oh, for others. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know, the, the Secret Santa and the family right. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Nice. Here's how it works still. Yeah. We're going to read the gospel. We usually do it twice. In person, we do it twice because it's good to hear it in a couple of voices. But there's only us chickens here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read it once. We'll take a minute just to think about it. And then I'll I'll ask you what you thought. Perfect. Okay. So this is a reading from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on earth, nations will be in dismay perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright and anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. Take a minute to soak that in. See what catches your attention. Mm. Stephen, what do you see there? Well, it's just interesting that he um, highlights anxieties of daily life. I feel like mental health has just really been a a huge moment Mm. um, right now. And it's just nice that he addresses that um but i also been following the like anti-christian movement on tiktok anti-mormon and, ex, and people ex-evangelicals ex, yeah, deconstructioning people faith. who've been li- deconstructing 
Faith. been fit in grew up in a faithful community but then also um left because mm-hmm. maybe the, the church their church or their community wasn't really living out the word of god yeah and they use this as like a big moment Interesting. and i think there's a lot of shows about it you know about like the the, the end. end times yeah and then we had the rapture a couple maybe what five years ago did we yeah i mean there was like <laughs> oh shoot yeah and and the course it never happened but oh oh i was like i think people left oh I think it was like a whole like Instagram. Oh, leaving their clothes. It happens sort of every yeah. so often. Right, that someone decides t- when it's going to happen. Twenty twelve too. So yeah. we had moments of um, false coming backs, but yeah. So it's just interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because he says like, um, well, I think last week was it last week he said people are going to tell you that the end is near, but don't listen to them. Was that last week? Was it recently? I don't Probably. Know. But yeah, Jesus actually kind of warns against warners. Warners, yeah, yeah. His, you know, hysterical prophecies of right. end times. Well, I mean, we just had Halloween here, mm-hmm. and there's a excuse me, there's a guy that stands on a soapbox that mm-hmm. says the end is near, the end is near, repent, yeah. repent. So yeah, it's everywhere. Do you think about the end times at all? Does it ever kind of come up in your? I mean, I think the past two years, yes. Uh, <laughs> just because just of the world the pandemic the way it is, and, yeah. you know a, a recent presidency mm-hmm. and yeah i think I, I i do have a fear of everything just collapsing mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily the world ending but maybe the world as we see it ending mm. but i don't see it as a second coming though i don't oh. think of the second coming as much okay as just society crumbling yeah <laughs> just that yeah <laughs> I, there's something in the, my brain that trips every time someone says the second coming because I think he, he was Jesus was born, mm. died, came back to reappeared right. Right, so this would be then the third. To, so this would be the third, right? We talked last week about how the church starts to talk about these readings. I mean, this is here we are getting ready for Christmas, right? Yeah. Everyone's cheery. Yeah, people are all trees already sold out. Right, all the decorations sold yep. out. People are going hard into christmas celebrations mm-hmm. this year and the church is like uh, also the the end dun, of dun, times. Dun. <laughs> yeah exactly. 100 yeah, what what do you think about that uh, well I, honestly reflecting on mark mm-hmm. has kind of helped me real uh, realize this that like so the so christmas is really the about jesus birth which mm-hmm. is also can relate to the second coming mm-hmm. and so or third coming. Or third, on. right. So it does make sense that they try to prepare it. Mm-hmm. And also, there's not a lot of written scripture about the nativity scene. I mean, there's only one. Uh, like, I, I is think, there three gospel? Uh, is I there think enough there's material? Probably, yeah. There's pro- well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could be talking about, you know, I don't know, the, the census and the okay. refugee situation and how yeah. they're moving toward, you know, Nazareth and okay, we could be talking about that stuff. We could be really looking at Christmas, mm-hmm. but instead we well we move towards right, right, right. Um, yeah, but yeah. lots of end time stuff during this time of year. Yeah, which is opposite of cultural Christmas. Yes, yes. yeah. Do do you think that's okay? Okay, does it bug you or I don't know. I mean. It's just interesting. It's it's kind of like a carrot, like hanging oh. over. You know, like 
like I, I feel that his words are very are very different from what we've been hearing the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's curious, right? We drop in to Luke in the middle. Yes, right, right. right. This story happens in Luke right after the story of the widow's mite, which we heard from Mark okay. a couple of a few weeks ago, and transitions into this by talking about the temple. They're talking mm. about the beautiful temple and how adorned with jewels and whatnot it okay. is. And then suddenly they're talking about the end time, the destruction of the temple and how yeah, things are about stuff. to get wild. Um, yeah, it's an odd, <laughs> it is an odd sort of switch right. tone wise. Yeah. But I thought we should talk about Luke altogether, you know, like the gospel yeah. Sort of the context of the Gospel of Luke. Right, because each Gospel was written to a certain people at a certain right. time. Right, So understanding that helps us to understand why. Yeah. Sometimes. So this, yeah, this is so cool. I was reading about this this morning and I was like, man, I can't wait to talk about this. So this Gospel, they guess it was written about AD or CE, 80 or 90. So okay. about 50 years after Jesus's death. Okay. And written in the same area that the Gospel of Matthew was written. Okay. And Matthew, this happens, he writes it about 10 years after Matthew was written. Oh. Okay. Okay. Like a remake? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the, uh, one of the things I read was that he, uh, he would have, the Gospel writer of Luke was a companion of Paul. You know St. Paul? Paul, Saul, Paul, yeah. Yep. He knew the writing of Matthew. He had probably preached using Matthew as his Source. text. Okay. Yeah. The Gospel of Math uh, the Gospel of Luke uses Matthew as a source, but also Mark, because Mark was the first and is sort of the source of everything. Mm. And also there's a, a theory that there's a source called Q. Have we talked about Q? No. Q, the letter Q, not, not related to QAnon. Yeah. Which it stands for the word Kel, which is a source. Okay. And it is this thing that it's, it's debatable, but the scholars think there is a list of the sayings of Jesus and they call that Q. Oh, okay. So they see that coming up in several of the gospels okay. as a source. So this might've used Q too. It's called Quadratos and it talks oh. about the four gospels and four stages of change. It's really, really good. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. But I'm just going to read you a little bit about what he says about this, the context of the Gospel of Matthew. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Matthew's Gospel. Did I say Matthew? Luke. We're talking about Luke. We're talking about Luke, yeah. But Matthew's Gospel addressed a single community. So did Mark. So did John. They were written to a particular community. Okay. However, this was written, Luke was <laughs> written later than Matthew and Mark, but before John, as Christianity was evolving and spreading. So this message is directed to multiple groups throughout the Mediterranean region. Okay. Right? This is like the newsletter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To all the branches. Okay. And these communities are only just beginning to call themselves Christians. So this is right happening right at the beginning of the movement, the transition from, you know, Messianic Jews to everyone. Okay. So we need to cover a little bit of history. Okay. And you like history. So I love history. I was, love was just going to ask, this must be on the way to when Rome becomes Christian. Right. So in 
Matthew was written at a time when Jews were persecuted by Nero and Nero the the emperor. The emperor. Okay. And uh, so 20 years ago, 20 years before Luke was written, he had executed all the Messianic Jews, not all of them, but lots of them in Rome. And in 70 CE or Which Common is, Era. Oh, so BCE is mm-hmm. before Common Era. Nero had executed the Jewish Christians of Rome 20 years earlier. Okay. Can we just clarify the Jewish Christians? So this was, um, uh, they were, oh gosh, they were with Peter. Okay. Peter was sort of their pastor, okay. bishop e kind of person. Yep. And they were a subset of Jews living in Rome. Okay. So they were born Jewish, probably went through all their things yes. of the, that faith. And then equate converted to converted Christianity. to Christianity. Okay. Right. Okay. And, and there was a community of Christians. There was a huge persecution. It's a really cool story, but yeah. I'm not qualified to tell it. Okay. So this had this persecution. This is uh, the the burning of Rome. Nero mm-hmm. fiddled while Rome burned. Mm-hmm. That burning, they they blamed Nero. Nero blamed the Christian. the Jews. Oh, the Jews. The Christian okay. Jews. Yes. And then they were all persecuted. So 20 years later, this is the community still alive and spreading okay. and growing. In 70 CE. The great temple of Jerusalem had been crushed. All the priests were massacred. Judaism was a total mess. Mm. And there was this sort of vacuum of leadership. Okay. Okay. So eventually the Pharisees kind of took in that vacuum of leadership and started leading. Mm. So we know the Pharisees. How? What do you think about the Pharisees? They are the ones that always try to trick jesus into questions yes in the gospel of mark for sure yeah but we know too they're the rule followers right they're like the moral accountants Mm -hmm. of judaism they're keeping track of everyone's following the rules would they be like the conservative side Mm -hmm. of of judaism okay but also like yeah conservative they're trying to conserve all those rituals Rituals, and rites and and knowledge they're the teachers so they're Mm -hmm. they're very strict about keeping the rules which i always defend the pharisees because they're just trying to do the job what they're trying to do Mm -hmm. eventually this author says the pharisees became a primary voice of the jewish community reunifying the people in the absence of the temple in the priests but this is not long before luke starts to write so this is the situation that he's writing tell me what you think about this when the temple stood all important rituals were hosted there and only priests officiated them After the temple fell, all rituals were forced to change dramatically. Does Mm. this ring a bell? Yeah. And the Pharisees helped to rebuild a new Judaism that centered on home and synagogue life. Wow. With larger roles for the family and the rabbi. Sounds pretty Christian. It sounds like now, right? Like here we were. Yeah. Can't have mass. We're trying to bump it out to the people at home. Right. Right. In a similar way. This caught on. Okay. Lots of it like went local Mm -hmm. um, Jewish practice and worship. And the Pharisees then were like, oh, wait a minute. If (laughs) if everyone's doing this at home, what about the temple? Yeah. Right? And so what the Pharisees did was to formalize everything, to like ritualize everything. Okay. So they wrote all the prayers for all the... All the yeah, for all the synagogues. Celebrations, everything, for everyone to follow to the letter so that they knew... That everyone was doing it right. Yeah. Is this too much background? No. Okay. 
I mean, you're kind of talking about the Christian, the Catholic church right now. I mean, it's I kind of thought that seminal, too, right? Seminal, seminar. <laughs> Similar. Similar. Is the word, right? Okay. Oh, uh, well, it, yeah. It just makes me, like, this is the pattern of history. Oh, man. Like, narrowed blaming the, the Jewish people, but mm-hmm. really it was him. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, absolutely. So the Pharisees wanted a very strict system where they sort of the leaders were at the top, the people mm-hmm. were at the bottom. The Christ, the Christ followers who were growing and developing mm-hmm. were more about equality mm. and more about helping each other out. And this, uh, he says, threatened the leadership. Every convert to Christianity represented a direct threat to their efforts to sustain Judaism. They were trying to save Judaism. Right, right. As they knew it. Might make you think Latin mass situation, yeah. right? Yep. I want to make sure I'm not skipping anything. I thought this was fascinating and maybe it's not, mm. but I thought it was. So Luke's audience was starting to understand in this moment where the gospel was written that they were being kicked out of Judaism. Okay. Basically, yep. they were being separated and that they needed to figure out a way to be this new religion, mm-hmm. basically. In the Gospel of Luke, we will see that he's giving answers to questions based on the teachings of Jesus, okay. which were very radical for mm-hmm. them. They were brand new to this. They were trying to figure out how to do it. The, the author says he instructs them to stringently challenge themselves, speak their truth boldly, yet maintain inner equanimity Mm. and avoid self-righteousness. So where he's instructing them to be good Christians. Yeah. Right? Right. But it's a whole new world. But starting off new. Right. Mm. Right. So forced with opposition on all sides, the course Jesus taught in Luke's gospel was for the Christians to be peace rather than take up arms trying to affect change through anger. It's filled with instructions about growing in the capacity for mature relationships and compassion and generosity without boundaries. Mm. Again, so much easier to have the Ten Commandments, right? Right. So much simpler. Luke is encouraging, giving them basically a to-do list of an instruction manual for Christianity, Mm. threatening to the leadership, threatening to people who are more comfortable with an established set of rules. Okay. Okay. Here we are with this reading, Mm -hmm. right? And I almost want to read it to you again. Okay. Let's go. You know what I'll do? I'll read the second part of it to you because see if this rings true. Mm -hmm. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. Is Seems that, like he's talking about the Jewish people. Right. To be... Uh, the Christians. The, the Christ, new Christians. The new Christians to be stronger. Because mm-hmm. I'm guessing the anxieties of daily life is like the rules that they have to follow in their daily life as a Jewish right. person, right? Well, maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, these people are fine, kind of kicked out of Judaism. Gotcha. Right. So there's a lot of um, insecurity there. Yeah. So that makes sense. Oh, that's cha- that changes everything it about It does, this. right? Yeah, once again. <laughs> you look that. into it a little bit better. I love that. And I never would have noticed that. Right. That this is a, a guidebook 
for Christians. So basically what they're saying is he's talking about society. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about the end. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's like talking like this is how like to be a Christian, you got to be. You got to be bold. Your heart you got to be, be bold. Yeah. Strong. You got to be wiser. Right. You got to be strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Jesus is like just talking about a storm or something. <laughs> <laughs> In the first path. You know what's so interesting? There's a piece that they skip. Did you notice? I know you did. Yeah. Well, you had to read I was doing, reading him. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I'm like, really? <laughs> just do it all. But what is it? So here's <sighs> the piece they take out. And I noticed something really interesting this time through. I've never noticed before. This is the piece. This is 29 to 33. In the middle, between those two paragraphs, it says, Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Yeah. What anything poke out to you from that? Well, the, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, which mm-hmm. we talked about last week with Jesus, exactly. the king of the universe. Yep. And my relevant elevation awakening is mm-hmm. that the kingdom of God can happen on earth mm-hmm. when everyone works together. Yep. And creates peace. So is he saying that when that happens, then the third coming is coming? Or I mean, so yeah. Two like, things, two parts to that. Okay. You just said it can happen here, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I always think when he says the kingdom of God is near, yeah. he's basically saying like, hello. Oh, right. It's um, I'm me. the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so near. You don't even know. Right, right. So if you're looking for the future, like what are the signs that the kingdom's coming? Mm-hmm. The kingdom is, is near. Yeah. Right? But the other part that I never noticed before is that, maybe because they skipped this part, mm. he says, look at the trees. When they sprout leaves, you'll know that the kingdom is near, right? Right. As opposed to the rest of the reading where they're talking about signs of destruction. Yeah, right, right, right. He's saying where there's growth, where there's signs of life, mm-hmm. the kingdom is near. Gotcha. Like, isn't it interesting? We We're all looking in the wrong dis- direction. Right, right. We're looking for the signs of destruction of the end but really we, we, he's calling us to look for signs of growth yeah in life this blows yeah. my mind which is so much better for advent right right who can we call because yeah. this would have been great to i talk would about. i would if i was a priest i mm-hmm. would skip all of this and preach on that that little the, bit in the in between yeah because that's how we like that's also how we do ministry here like we trim the trees that don't produce fruit we don't grow and and we feed and foster those that do yeah so it does make sense yep it's just kind of crazy because it's there is there's a lot of imagery of you know god coming down earthquakes earthquakes and all this stuff yeah yeah but also then it goes back to your your thought process (laughs) yeah (laughs) of like why would a loving god do this right cause pain yeah i think god knows there's gonna be pain god doesn't need to create anymore pain right. in order for us to to respect god mm-hmm. that's no i know right he doesn't he doesn't rule by fear right that's and he really does kind of shift the attention to we can make the the kingdom yeah. like we can plant the trees right. and feed the trees so that they sprout like this is something we can work with god on right if we're really looking toward the end times let's plant trees that fruit yeah you know right figuratively yeah yeah. Weird. Fig. 
figuratively. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Crack wow. myself up. Yeah. So that kind of does make sense of the season of hope. Mm-hmm. And is this the hope weekend? <laughs> I know that each yeah. Sunday in Advent has a thing. Yeah. This is the first week of Advent mm-hmm. and the theme people give it is hope hope okay which is ironic if you're just reading the reading as <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like where is it right i think that's interesting like who who's getting hope out of that i don't know who decided this is the right. hope week well it's probably because they, they read the maybe they, read, they did a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of background information makes all the difference but i think this might be a perfect time for a break let's, what do you think? let's take a break okay Hey there, this is Margot Morin, your pastoral associate. And I'm Simon Antonio, the director of family engagement. We're here from Mary Queen of the Apostles to invite you to try Alpha. Alpha is a series of conversations around the core concepts of Christian faith and the big questions in life. And it's perfect for you, no matter where you are on your faith journey, even if you haven't started on a faith journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feed you, we give you um great people to meet and a chance to ask your questions about faith and life with people who will not judge you or even necessarily answer your questions. And you can find out when our next series starts on our website at mqoa.org alpha. We'll see you there. We're back. Ah, so that was a big, big background. I know. I but know. that's fine. I think it'll be helpful. Yeah, because we're going to be right? diving into Luke this whole season here for a year year. yeah yeah so just we'll keep in mind that that's who this gospel is written to and and when the context uh was there anything else in the reading i kind of took over this whole thing was there anything else in the reading that kind of popped out to you i don't not really i mean honestly when i hear about the destruction i don't listen oh really yeah what do you mean i I was so if if I was going on Sunday and, and listening to the gospel and heard and read this, I'd be like, okay, let me focus on maybe the second reading or the first reading. <laughs> I'm gonna play bejeweled blitz. Yeah, I just I <laughs> not that I don't believe it, but it's just it's just been used so often and mm-hmm. been wrong for so long that yeah. I'm just like, okay, let's move on. Right, right. So and it's interesting too because I think Catholics don't talk about the end times very much. No, right as a as a rule. No. I think we talk about whether or not we're going to get into heaven. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if that means anything. But yeah. so when these readings come up in a Catholic church, it can feel pretty out of context because no one really talks about it. Right. 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 What about the word son of man? Did you notice the words son I of man? Son of man, not necessarily son of God. I don't know what that means. Well, Stephen, I'm here to tell you. Okay. What it means. You know what's so cool? Even though we're switching years and gospels and last week's gospel last week's gospel was John, so it feels all sort of out of order. Yeah. But actually, and I only know this cuz I was the lecture this week, the Old Testament reading from last week was from Daniel. Okay. And it talked about the end times mm-hmm. and it talked about someone like the son of man coming on a cloud. Okay. And so when Jesus has this conversation with people mm-hmm. and says, here's what's going to happen. And you're going to stand before the son of man at the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's really actually connecting back to this Old Testament story. Interesting. Isn't that so cool? He seems like to he does that a lot when you dive into the Gospels. You know why? Why? Because he's Jewish. Right. Like the Old yeah. Testament is his text. Yeah. And he's talking Bible. to Jewish people. Right. Because they can't be Christians yet. Right. <laughs> he's still alive. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, he's just giving a lot of context to mm-hmm. people, to faithful Jewish people. Right. Who would know this. Right. It's a bold statement for him to be basically identifying himself as the son of man. Right? Yeah. He's um, he's basically saying, like, the kingdom is near and it's me. And, uh, you know, follow me if you want. So this makes more sense that the people wanted him gone. Yeah. Because now he's like, he's preaching differently mm-hmm. but now he's taking old texts and making them and including them in right so I, okay that makes sense for me the why the priests and the tribes wanted him gone right yeah called blasphemy this son of man thing is sort of mysterious and people don't really know how to define this idea son of man mm-hmm. it might very basically be that daniel was describing the messiah to come by saying it looks like a person Mm. you know son of man just means a human (laughs) right right so maybe that back in daniel's day he was saying here's what to look out for it's going to be person like Mm -hmm. it's going to look like a human but it's going to be from god coming on a cloud from the sky but this conversation that jesus is having this sunday is from a moment of his trial, like he's basically about to be put on trial. Then, like I said, the the story before this was the with the widow's mite story. They're uh-huh. all at the temple. They're watching the woman donate her tax. They're talking about how beautiful the temple is and how glorious it is. Mm-hmm. Jesus tells them the temple is about is going to be destroyed. Okay. And then the next thing in the Gospel of Luke is the plot to kill Jesus. So this is happening oh. very close to okay. the end of the story. So he's making some bold statements for yeah, Jesus. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But again, I kind of like this. this you know, the, they were looking for a savior. Yeah. Okay, so then Merry Christmas. Right. <laughs> How do we get there? Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. When he says be vigilant at all times mm. and pray... What do you think? How does that look? How are we? Are we supposed to take that seriously? Are we supposed to be looking for the end times? No. Well, no. <laughs> take a minute. I. He says it. He says it. Yeah, I know. He says right a here. lot of things. It's right here in black and white. <laughs> um, but what? What does? See, I, I'm not good. This is not a good reading for me. Why? I just I'll would skip over it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good. It's good to just you know be praying and for these people, mm. they're like people are gonna come over, you, come after you, and kill you, right? Because you believe all this. Hang in there. Yeah, either yeah. from the government or for, from anything. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. But for us now, in a in the the cushy world of America, we're good. No one's gonna kill us for being Christian. Not not yet. Not yet. So here's the sentence: Be vigilant at all times. And pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent to stand before the Son of Man. What's the tribulations? Troubles. (laughs) 
it's really really loud the banging i don't think we're, it's capturing it no this is like so slightly <laughs> an immaculate this happens all the time all the time and it always happens like in the middle of the sermon yeah somehow it's like bang yeah i don't i don't know what this set means are you saying don't worry about it yes in a sense because i'm, I'm always trying to be with the sheep Okay. So it's not good for someone who's coming new to faith to be like, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. the world's ending. <laughs> so I just feel like I this don't is. No, that's been very motivating for some. It has for some cults. Religious. Yeah, and that and that's another thing too. It, like it's very culty ish because mm-hmm. it's always like any time that a group is like us versus them mm-hmm. is a sign that you're in a cult. Mm-hmm. And so, but I can understand what with the background here. Mm-hmm. There's literally people after them. Yeah. In in Luke's time. Yeah. But for us, I just feel like for us now is is probably beware of the false promises that mm-hmm. we have in the world of mm-hmm. people who are, I mean, Christianity is unfortunately taking like a national turn in mm-hmm. some states, some places. So that would be like cautious to that. I don't know. Though. I have to say, I do. I mean, I didn't mean I didn't know I was doing this, but I do. I have certainly in the last couple of years prayed for the strength to escape the troubles of the world. Right. I've certainly prayed that I would be safe from the coronavirus, yeah. that my friends okay. and family would be, that I um, that I would be strong mm-hmm. through all these difficult times, that I would stand on my truth, Okay. right? Stand by my values. I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense now. I think it's good advice. I don't, I don't know if it's the threat that we make it out to be. No, I don't think so either. Right? No. Especially when you put that fig tree back in there, when you're looking for actually good things right. to flower yeah. as a sign of the kingdom. Yeah. And the flower in, in the leaves are like the first step. Mm-hmm. You're not even going to guaranteed fruit at that point. Yeah. True. You just know that it's alive. It's growth. Yeah. Right. It's progress. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So I, li- I like how you, the way you took it. That yeah. does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was always thinking of like end of the world threat. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. Oh, here's the other thing you could ask about this gospel, right? Okay. Because he says in this piece that they take out, truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will, will pass away, but my words will not pass away. He's really talking end time stuff mm-hmm. there. Um, but he says it was going to happen immediately. Okay. Here's so my question. So it will be immediate. Here's my question. Praise the Okay. Jesus says, essentially the world is going to end before I, before your life ends. Okay. Was he wrong? Can he be wrong? Oh, cause here we are. Well, is he talking about life of humans? He, like the human race. Don't try to twist Jesus's words. I, oh. no, I'm just kidding. He says, yeah. well, he says this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. And they, they died. They yeah. all de- definitely did die. Yes. As far as we know. I don't know. This is, this is, this is deep. This I know. Is too deep for me. This is Advent, baby. Man, this is- <laughs> when does Rudolph come into this picture? <laughs> right. He's coming. He's coming. Yeah. Uh, okay. What was your question? <laughs> Can Jesus be wrong about be wrong this? About anything. I mean, one side of me says, no, you, man has inter- interpreted incorrectly. Okay. It's poss- I'm not saying you're wrong about right. that. That's possible. It's possible. And also, possible. I mean, this is a man writing down 60 years yes, later. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Possible so. that was part of his important message to yeah. people. Right. Right. Trying if you to want people to do stuff, you have to be 
talking Create about immediate some urgency, yeah urgency right? yep huh. yeah your answer to whether jesus can be wrong about things mm. separate and aside from what this means tells a little bit about how you see jesus mm-hmm. right we talk about high christology and a low christology okay a high christology sees jesus as divine who's also human mm-hmm. a low sees Jesus as human, who's also divine. Gotcha. And it's just like you acknowledge all of it, but you start in different places. Yeah, the half full kind of thing or half empty. Yeah, yeah. but always the same kind of glass, right? right. You always come right. up with the same amount. And the same amount of water. So your opinion about whether Jesus can be wrong can change throughout your lifetime, mm-hmm. depending on how you're encountering Jesus in your life. Right, right. Which is kind of cool, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell I'm losing you. You know what? We should take another break. Let's take a break. <laughs> Happy New Year. Today we begin our first uh, Sunday of Advent. We get to reflect on the beautiful Gospel of Luke uh, in this uh, year C of our three-year cycle in our liturgical life. And so we begin with a wonderful uh, reflection from Jesus about uh, his first coming and his second coming. And so today, standing here between the rock and the water, uh, kind of representing the first time Jesus came and stood by the side of the water and preached the gospel message. And then the rock, kind of the gloomy side of the Jesus speaks about today at the end of the gospel. But for we who are, believe in Jesus Christ, who understand and know that he was resurrected for us, recognize that it won't be a time of gloom. It'll be a time of hope. It'll be a time of fulfillment. It'll be a time of the end of the world and a time of great peace as we all join God our Father forever. That's the story that Jesus said. But before that, we, we need to recognize that uh, all of us have a part to play. We All of us are called to be in this new liturgical year Part of, the, uh, part of the end of time, part of the people who witness to Jesus' kingdom by the way we live our lives, by the things we say and do. Last week, we celebrated the Feast of Christ the King and admitted that we live in a kingdom. We live in the kingdom of peace, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom of love, a kingdom of forgiveness. This year, we set our, uh, our minds and hearts and souls in, in the direction of Jesus Christ, dedicating ourselves once again to reflecting on his whole life and what it means for each one of us, our whole lives. And so as we continue to pray the rest of the the day today, I hope that as we begin that we won't be people of doom and gloom. We won't be people of fear because we know the second coming is, 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 is a truth, is a reality. But rather we will be a people of hope, a people of joy, a people of love, a people of peace. And we'll be witnesses to that when Jesus comes and so that he will know us and we will know him. And God bless you as our new year begins. And we're back. What's the takeaway? (laughs) What is the takeaway? Launching into the new year, into Advent. By the way, the word Advent. Yeah, what does it mean? It's from the Latin advenir, or to come to, coming up to. Oh, okay. Same kind of root word as adventure. Oh, okay. Uh, right? I like that. I know. I love that. And in the two weeks before Christmas, the story does get a little cheerier. Oh, that's good. So we, we do have start one more to... of torture and then... <laughs> I'm not sure I would call it torture, <laughs> but I see what you mean. It's just deep. It's just deep. It is. Yeah. It is. Do you think this is even worth talking about in the liturgical year? Like, would you... 
would you if you were the church? If I was the church, like, would I include this? Yeah. I would. If I did, I would include the missing parts. Okay. And actually, I would probably remove the first paragraph and add that missing one. So it would start with the fruit and then it would oh, just okay. be beware of your hearts. Because I do think that, like you were saying with the second um, paragraph, that you, you know, with the last two years, you want to, you know, ask God for your protection for a COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure. And I also feel like everyone in the last couple of years have has really solified their beliefs, mm. whatever they are. Yeah. Mostly yeah, polarizing other. from other people, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like um, this would be good. Yeah. But. I agree with you. I It's funny because like if you, if you're working in a church, you're going to buy banners mm. for each week. You know, the advent wreath starts. Right. The first candle is hope. Yeah. There's banners that say and hope then, everywhere. And you read this reading. Dun, dun, dun. It's not super. No. Optimistic. Let's say that. But I do think it's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends who were raised in the evangelical church, okay. Protestants. And one thing that I've heard m- several people say that I know is that they weren't prepared or allowed to talk about the struggle. Oh. Okay. Okay. So like mourning was almost a sign of weakness of faith or or struggle any kind of struggle mm. was was Some skipped over right really? yeah because because everything it was like, happens for a reason everything and... happens for a reason we're all gonna end up in heaven okay. exactly and if you're sad then you're you've lost the plot right 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 which is all joy interesting but what i've heard people say actual people have said what they appreciate about the Catholic Church is that we spend a little time on the suffering in the dark parts. Interesting, right? That we don't just try to um, skip over this. Well, I know that like the the um, Lazarus dying, mm-hmm. he said that Jesus wept, right? And that was like huge, Remember? right? I think it was here, probably. Might have been. Yeah. We do that a lot. Okay, because I'm the opposite. I'm like, just let's talk about joy, but right. that's not really life. Exactly. Life is life is filled with both. It's all of it. Yeah. It's absolutely and, all of and it. And sometimes, and most of the times, actually, suffering leads you to more joy in the end. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers yeah. crossed. You learned a lot. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of changes my view a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. It's good to, to do it. I guess I, my, my thing is I just try to avoid it. <laughs> just push it down. <laughs> I mean, so. it's worth a shot. Yeah. But what I love about this Jesus is that he's like... The, Stuff is going to happen. Right. Anytime you mention the Old Testament, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're missing out. I don't think I am. You I think what? Jesus highlights all the best parts. So. <laughs> Just give me he's the. He's the clip notes of the New Testament. Old oh, Testament. Wow. Okay. That's upsetting. We're going to get to that, Stephen. Happy Advent. Yeah. Happy Advent. It gets better. Happy, I hopeful promise. Advent. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah, and this is a really great time to. Um, if you're interested in faith or want, thinking of coming back, it's really a good time to come back. Yeah. You know, music is familiar and yep. welcoming and um, people are, are joyful and, and really excited. So this is a great time to explore faith a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Church gets more beautiful. The music is mm-hmm. familiar. The people are jolly yeah. and holly. Mm-hmm. And um, we love to have people come and check out 
Mary Queen of the Apostles yeah. Parish. If you're looking for a spiritual home, mm-hmm. looking for a place to be part of something, mm-hmm. we got it for you. And for our listeners, um, we thank you for listening every week. And we if do. you really like this, the best thing to do is to rate us on um, wherever you are listening to. So have a podcast, Google and Spotify rate us uh, five stars and that gets more people to find out about us and yeah. the more people can dive into the readings, which is really great. So thank you for doing that. And yeah. Tell your friends. Yeah. And we will have guests. Yes. We still will have guests. Yeah. The future. It'll be special to have guests rather than the opposite. Oh, yeah. 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 And we hope you'll be our guest every week. Mm-hmm. MQOA Sunday. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless. MQA Sunday is brought to you by Mary Queen of the Apostles Parish, located in the historic city of Salem, Massachusetts. Your hosts are Margo Morin, Pastor Associate, and Stephen Antonio, the Director of Family Engagement. The show is recorded in Salem, Massachusetts, and edited by the staff of MQOA. The beta lesson is written by Margo Morin. Find out more about Mary Queen of the Apostles Parish on our website, mqoa.org.